So I have a video that I would like for you to watch, and then we'll, my sermon's not that long. So we'll be out of here probably even before noon. Hello friends, I'm very thankful that we can come to you with this special presentation. I'm here with a friend, Dr. Neil Nedley, who is the president of the Weimar Institute, as well as an internist and a specialist in uh, how to prevent getting disease and build up your immune system. As we all know, Dr. Nedley, the, uh, the news has been filled, it's been ubiquitous, talking about the coronavirus and the uh, COVID-19. Right. And people are wondering, uh, you know, what can they do? What practical things can we do? It doesn't look like it's leaving the news cycle because new cases are being found. As of the time of this recording, a school just south of us here in Sacramento was closed down. Even though there were no local cases, they closed down the school. Six million people quarantined in Italy. Uh, there may be still millions quarantined in China. The word we're hearing is that folks might just expect that it's going to continue to spread. So I want to thank you for joining us today. But if, if I'm uh, correct, there is at this point no um, imminent vaccine or no immediate vaccine available. That's correct. It won't be for at least a year. So, yeah, unlike the flu virus, uh, nothing you can do to get vaccinated on this one. Just covering some of the common questions that are coming in, uh, this is a similar virus to a flu virus. I guess it comes from a family of viruses that are of similar nature. But would you say that the uh, COVID-19 is more or less contagious than the common flu? Seems to be a little more uh, transmissible. You know, the average uh, individual with the flu um, will transmit it to uh, a little more than one person on average. And uh, the average person with coronavirus is transmitting it to a little more than two. So it makes it a little more transmissible, probably double the transmission rate. Now, if I understand right, you and I were talking off air. You said that part of that might be because um, some people have it and they're not showing serious symptoms, but they are carrying it and they don't know. Exactly. And that's what, this is why this virus is going to spread. You know, unlike SARS or Ebola, where virtually everybody got sick and you could contain it and, you know, contain those sick people, 80% of people getting this virus are not really getting that sick. Maybe a mild cold, maybe a sore throat and it goes away, or maybe no symptoms at all. A lot of people with healthy immune systems, they have no symptoms at all, but yet they're transmitting the virus unknowingly. And so uh, that makes it tough. Uh, only uh, less than 20% actually get sick enough to seek care, mm -hmm. you know, and go to a hospital. And those are individuals normally that have the pneumonia. And that's, of course, much more serious because the pneumonia can go into acute respiratory distress syndrome. And that's why the deaths are occurring. And then the, from what I've seen is compared to, I know a lot of people every year die from the common flu because it's pretty much everywhere. But with the uh, coronavirus, they say it, it may be as high as like 2.3% or 3%. They're still gathering figures, uh, death rate. Right. Yeah, and it's probably going to be less than that because that's figures on the ones that are known cases. That's and right. Just kind of like I mentioned, since so many are not actually coming down with many symptoms and they haven't been tested, um, the death rate of coronavirus is probably going to be less than that. But we do think at this time that the death rates are probably higher than the flu. Now... Since there is no um, immediate cure or vaccine for this, people are wondering, well, if it comes to a neighborhood near you, uh, which what I'm hearing is they're figuring eventually it is going to continue to spread, Yeah. that if it comes to a neighborhood near you, 
um, you know, what can you do? Uh, well, for one thing, will, will the summer season help slow the spread as, you know, flu season, I guess, is typically worse in the winter? We expect it will probably slow in the summer because of the heat and all of the sunlight. You know, sunlight is antiviral, and of course, sunlight helps our immune system with vitamin D. And just like the flu um, goes away in the summertime, many experts are thinking this will likely occur. Although, since it's a novel virus, uh, we're not absolutely sure until mm -hmm. time does occur. You know, that's an excellent segue. Uh, your specialty is at the Institute um, teaching a program that's world famous right now called New Start, which is talking about certain natural things a person can do to improve their immunity and improve their health overall. Exactly. You explain what New Start is real quick. Well, New Start is an acronym uh, that uh, Weimar has trademarked, and it's very easy to remember these eight principles that have been shown to be very immune enhancing. Uh, proper nutrition is the N, the E is exercise, the W is water, which is being talked a lot about in the coronavirus, uh, the S is sunlight, the T is temperance, that means avoiding things that are harmful to the immune system like alcohol and tobacco, uh, the A is air, and of course um, fresh air is a great way not to get the virus. There's virtually no cases um, spread you know, out, outdoors. Uh, and then R is rest, uh, proper rest, which means getting enough sleep. And then T is trust and divine power, which is actually shown to also be immune enhancing. So if we have eight of these principles together, uh, we can expect uh, that our immune system will make us one of the ones, if we're exposed to it, one of the ones with no symptoms or maybe just mild symptoms. Yeah, well, that's very encouraging. So there's a chance we could be in that uh, 70 or 80 percent that may be exposed. Now, now, if a person is exposed to coronavirus and they're able to resist it, they're developing, if I'm not mistaken, certain antibodies that help prevent them in the future. Exactly. Yeah, those antibodies uh, will be protective of them in the future, and that's actually better than getting the vaccine when you've gotten the real thing and your body's fought it off. Now, we were talking, some of these viruses that uh, are, are spreading you know, some folks are saying, well, was this, you know, a, a bioweapon that the Chinese or somebody was developing? And I think that the uh, uh, general belief is no, this has happened before with these viruses mutating and they're being caught from animals. Correct. But not just any animals. Typically, animals the Bible would normally tell us are unclean animals. Exactly. That's why God uh, told us to stay away from these was to prevent epidemics in nations and throughout the world. And so virtually every epidemic, whether it was the SARS virus, Ebola, AIDS, they all have the signature that they started from actually eating unclean meat. And because we're an unclean animal, we spread that readily. So this is why if we can get infection from a cow, we might die from that, but we're not going to spread it mm -hmm. uh, to other human beings. And so uh, the uh, eating unclean meat is really unresponsible because if you get an infection from unclean meat, you're going to readily spread that to other humans who are actually innocent. You know, they're, they're not eating that. And of course, we can trace it to the actual supermarket and the person who first contracted this from unclean animals. And in coronavirus case, it was a uh, bat. Now, when we talk about the, um, some of the things that people can do, uh, you know, there's been some practical information given, of course, 
I guess the same things that you would follow when it comes to the common flu is be more careful with the washing, sanitizing, avoid certain congested places, especially if you're in an area that uh, has been uh, identified as, you know, where there's community spread. Mm -hmm. But so there's things we can do to increase our immune system by following the New START principles. Yeah, the nutrition, uh, antioxidant foods. Your high antioxidant foods um, in vegetables and in fruit will actually help us. So these are your cruciferous vegetables, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, and the greens are very potent in antioxidants. Spinach, um, kale is the number two antioxidant vegetable, and the number one is garlic. And garlic even has some very strong antiviral um, activity and can even uh, take care of viruses itself, plus it can help our immune system. Uh, with that. And the fruits are going to be primarily your berries and the, and the whole um, fruit that actually has the most antioxidants um, that are not berries is the simple plum. And so uh, these are uh, things that can actually uh, protect our immune system and help us fight these things off. You know, I'm so glad that you've come in to share this with us. There are a lot of different videos going out around about the coronavirus where people are selling uh, health supplements and things at exorbitant prices. And we're doing this to let people know there's free things that <laughs> exactly. you can do that God's provided in his word. Right. Now, you did say there's one thing you might buy over the counter at a typical drugstore that could help boost your immune system. Yeah, a New England Journal did a study on the flu um, three weeks ago uh, that was published showing it, that if you take N-acetylcysteine, and of course, this is a natural antioxidant that boosts our glutathione. It's very cheap. You can get it in any drugstore or pharmacy. Two of those pills a day, which is 1,200 milligrams, if you're exposed to the flu, three out of four that were taking the NAC developed zero symptoms and developed antibodies against it. And that's, that's off the charts in regards to anything else. In fact, better than the flu vaccine <laughs> uh, itself by helping our own immune system uh, do that. And it's pretty simple. It raises our glutathione levels and helps us in other ways, too. That's good. And so what's the name of it again, if they just go to the counter? Yeah, N-acetylcysteine will be called NAC, because that's what it stands for, N-A-C. So it's really uh, easy to remember, NAC. Very good. Now, if people want to know more about the New START principles to help boost their immune system, and there's other health, many other health benefits, the website? Yeah, uh, newstart.com. It's pretty easy. So newstart.com, and you can get a lot more information. And we've got something exciting for those that are watching. Uh, you know, we're not, everything here, we're providing free information so that people can get the, the truth out that there was a magazine that uh, Weimar printed in cooperation with Amazing Facts a few years ago, and it's dealing with the New Start principles. And I think Dr. Nedley contributed to this. It's called Amazing Health Facts, Eight Bible Secrets to a Longer and a Stronger Life. Anybody that wants a free copy of this, if you want to know how you can boost your immune system and just other ways of uh, improving your health, just click on the link at the bottom of this video. You get it for free, and we hope you'll pass it on to your friends. Well, anything else you want to add, Dr. Nedley, about um, you know, what we might keep in mind with what's happening? People are afraid, so should we be afraid? Or? Well, I don't think there's really a reason to fear if our immune systems are good and we're healthy. Now, if we're unhealthy and we have something definitely suppressing our immune system, that might be a reason to stay inside and stay more isolated if it's out and about in the community. Uh, but uh, for those of us who have healthy immune systems, and not that we're out there asking to come in contact with it so we develop our vaccine and antibodies, 
we still need to wash our hands. If we're putting our hands up to our face, they need, those hands need to be washed immediately beforehand. If you mess up and you don't do that, I would recommend you carry around a little zinc lozenge because zinc is toxic to the coronavirus on contact. So if you happen to, oh, wow, I just touched my face and I touched this surface over here. And if, you know, if it's infected, I'm doomed. No, zinc is toxic uh, to the virus on contact, and those little zinc coldies or other zinc lozenges can be helpful. Exercise, aerobic exercise. The water therapy that is best is actually the contrast baths. When you end with cold, it is an immune stimulator. And so if you in the morning, instead of just taking your hot shower, just alternate. Hot and cold, end with cold for a minute, and you'll warm up again right away, and that's very immune-enhancing. Uh, of course, the S for sunlight, um, the T for temperance, the A for fresh air, the R for rest, and the T for trust in God. If you have all those eight principles, I'm not really worried about you if you were to come in contact with the coronavirus with the precautions that we've talked about, and uh, we can still be a very positive influence in the world. But it does underscore the need that New Start needs to go viral. Yeah. You know, because that's, that's our protection. Yeah. Following the principles God gave us for uh, natural healing and health, and they're all outlined in God's Word as well. Exactly. And I like that last T, especially trust. Yes. You know, God doesn't want us to live in fear. He wants us to live in faith. Thank you so much. We appreciate your coming in. Folks, we hope this is helpful. And don't neglect, take a look at the newstart.com website and remember to download the free magazine. I'm going to have Theo give these out, but not now. Uh, at the very end, I have actually a summary article of the entire video that you just heard, uh, along with uh, the CDC recommendations um, and a text, something that I'll end with. And then uh, he also talked about this thing called NAC. Um, and I put on here in the back what it looks like, uh, which is really a, a strong immune booster. Uh, so... I have a question for you, not a question. Um, how many of the, well, I guess it is a question. How many of the people, the Israelites in Egypt, contracted the plagues? None of them. Why? Because they were believing in the Lord, right? I love this text, and I brought it for a purpose. And the reason why I showed you this video is there is something that we can do. We don't have to be fearful. It says in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of sound mind. Sound mind is knowing how to protect yourself. This is a great time to be alive as a Seventh-day Adventist. New start. These are opportunities to share, to witness, and to be an example and to live healthy as we Christians know we should. Uh, there's a, um, another text that um, I wanted to share, and that is in Ephesians chapter 6, which says in verses uh, 11 and 12, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We know that things are going to happen at the end of time, but we need to be armed with the Word of God and with information that keeps our bodies healthy. And I'm telling you right now, 
there are precautions that you can take, washing your hands, keeping your distance, and so on. And I'm telling you that we as a church are concerned about this. We want to maintain a, a level of a caution. And the pastor and I have been talking about this, and we recognize there are a couple of people that I know of today, several people who are not here, because they already are feeling ill. If you're feeling ill, feel free to stay home. Don't pass it around. But if you are fearful, which I know is happening, I want to give you some encouragement. Here's a summary. There's a video, I mean, there's online information that will give you information on how to take care of yourself so that we don't have to live in fear and that we can continue to be witnesses in this world. Just want to keep a perspective here as we um, experience the information, the the um, the battle that we're facing out there, and I respect everyone. Uh, I, for one, feel that um, if I am living healthy, that the Lord will take care of me, and uh, so I'm I'm hopeful for that. All right, very very short. So let's begin our little discourse, and uh, then we'll uh, probably leave very early. When we think of Jericho, what are some of the things that come to mind? We mainly think of Joshua and Rahab, but we also have people in the New Testament like Zacchaeus and Bartimaeus who also came from Jericho. So what do these four people have in common with each other? They were all sinners in need of a Savior. They were in absolute dire need of Jesus. Deuteronomy 31, 1-6 says, When Moses went and spoke these words to all Israel, he said to them, I am 120 years old today. I can no longer go out and come in. Also the Lord has said to me, You will not cross over into the Jordan. The Lord your God himself crosses over before you. He will destroy these nations from before you, and you will dispossess these nations. Joshua himself crosses over before you, just as the Lord has said. And the Lord will do to them as he did to the Shion and Og, the kings of the Amorites and their land, when he destroyed them. The Lord will give them over to you that you may do to them according to every commandment which I have commanded you. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes before you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Later on in this chapter, Israel wanders and does not continue to seek God fully when their hearts get turned away. So what was the deal here earlier? Why are they constantly turning away from God who was constantly revealing himself to them in such a glorious way? Think about it. If you had seen the sea part before you in such a glorious way, or the pillar of fire by night or the cloud by day, then how could you ever doubt that God existed? If you are about to be killed and the only way of escape is through the Red Sea ahead of you, wouldn't you think that their instant reaction would be, okay, this God is legit, he's real, and I'll follow him wherever he leads. And yet, the nation of Israel struggled, and their doubt led to 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. They struggled with the same things that you and I struggle with today. At one time or another, I hope we have seen for ourselves that God is real. And so, if you've experienced Him at one point in your life, then why is there so often a disconnect of you and me turning away from Him? Why do we feel so far away from Him when we were once experiencing a mountaintop moment with Him? In these moments when you don't feel close to Him or He feels so far away, 
James 4.9 tells us to keep pressing on. He says, if you will draw near to me, this is quoting God, if you will draw near to me, I will draw near to you. So, where is the disconnect? Have any of you heard the, the, the man Watchman Nee? He was a missionary in China to his own people. He was born in 1903 and died in 1972. He was actually the first person that got the home church movement started in China and why there are so many today underground or quiet churches in small groups. That's Watchman Nee. And he says, neither formula nor method works. Only Christ is living. Even if one has learned a gold set of methods, they are not educated to be a Christian because God's children must be born and not taught. The children of Israel had heard stories passed on from generation to generation. For us who have grown up inside the church, hearing these same stories told over and over to us in Sabbath school has actually been quite amazing. We're in the story in the, in the book of Daniel. I can't, rem I can't tell you how many times I heard the stories of Daniel and the lion's den and the, you know, all the things that happened with Daniel. It's easy to take those stories and internalize them knowing that God is good. But in the end, God's children cannot be taught, but rather they must be born again. This is the only way God can have a personal relationship with anyone. God needs to be known by us at a deeper level and not just to be a story that we know about him. Jesus wants to be our friend. God wants to be our passion and the absolute center and love of our life. It isn't until we allow God into our lives and give him a chance that he will begin to truly mean something to you and me. It is only when you begin a conversation with Jesus, sit down and allow him to his, to for, allow his Holy Spirit to speak to your heart that God can truly become the love and the center of your life. He must be given a chance to do so. If you don't allow him in, then he is only a story that you know about, but you haven't personally experienced him for yourself. Jesus is not just a method to get to heaven, or for peace, or a process whereby we can feel good about ourselves. Knowing Jesus is not just about evacuation theology, which is merely trying to get to heaven. To go down this path is to miss out on a beautiful relationship here and now. Our relationship must be deeper in order for Jesus to give us complete and total fulfillment. The ultimate goal Jesus has for our life is to reproduce in us the gifts and the fruits of the Holy Spirit. In order to experience this objective that he has for our life, Jesus needs to move beyond just a method for us and become an actual living, born-again experience with him. Deuteronomy 31, 7 and 8. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you will go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall possess it. It is the Lord who goes before you. 
He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. For, for, forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. During this time, the Israelites were going into a transitional period. Before Joshua ever entered into battle, he was promised the victory right here in this verse. The battle wouldn't happen until much later on. But here in this particular set of verses in Deuteronomy 31, God had promised Joshua victory. This is a very important lesson for you and me to learn. As we approach a relationship with Jesus, we need to recognize that He has promised us victory as well. When it comes to us seeking God and seeking a relationship with Him, we can use this experience with Joshua and the victory God promised him to have at Jericho. The most amazing part of this story is that victory over sin is already promised as a certainty long before you and I ever knew it. It was possible to even have a relationship with God. This morning in our Sabbath school, we were chatting about how God was taking care of us even before we realized it. What a beautiful thought. And so how does Jesus promise victory even before you and I know it? It's only through the power of the cross and his redemption. And what happened at the cross that guaranteed our victory? Well, for one, the veil split from top to bottom. And prior to this, God could only be sought by bringing a lamb, sacrificing it, giving it to the priest, and having the priest intercede and taking it into the holy place. But now you and I can come boldly, directly to his throne of grace, and to obtain his mercy and his pardon. The question is, are we taking full advantage of this provision? And are we eager to step into this amazing place? Go to Jesus in prayer. Another powerful thought in our Sabbath school lesson today. Talking with him as we would with any other person, with each other. If I started a conversation with Lori because she told of something that uh, I forgot as part of whatever it was this morning. She had a conversation with all of us. It's just like talking with each other. We should be just as excited to share Jesus with others as we are about our new wedding pictures or our children or our grandchildren or our accomplishments. Well, you get the picture. So how do we get to this point that we are having a dream relationship with Jesus? How can we get to the place where the fire of the presence of Jesus is burning deep within our hearts. In order to know that the victory of the battle of Jericho was promised to him, Joshua had to believe and surrender himself fully to God. He had to admit that alone and apart from God, he was totally incapable and not competent to defeat the enemy. Moses was leaving the scene and Joshua was the new leader of Israel with some pretty big shoes to fill. Remember that Moses was almost like an Old Testament representation of Jesus. Moses knew his people almost as well as Jesus did. And Moses knew how prone they were to wander. And now all of a sudden, Joshua is being called to command and to lead the armies of God. Having the responsibility of leading his people into a closer relationship with God is some pretty big pressure. And that was thrust upon Joshua as Moses was leaving. 
Alone, it was impossible, but fully surrendered, it was God's battle and His alone to accomplish. The same experience in everyday life can happen to any one of us as well. We may be in or coming from a place of nothingness and insignificance, but with God, all things are possible. What it requires is our full surrender to Him of our life, our ambitions, our will, and His will alone. This can only come by spending time with Him in Bible study and prayer. Obviously, our baptism has brought us into the death, burial, and resurrection experience, but that is only the beginning of our born-again experience. The Holy Spirit was given to us to continue leading us into more truth. It's a living, dynamic connection with Jesus, by the way. One of the things that I also encourage is drinking water every 15 minutes. The coronavirus cannot exist in the presence of water. So I'm modeling that for you. So what is standing in our way of having this vibrant relationship with Jesus? Anyone venture a guess? What's standing in our way of having that close relationship? You and me. We stand in between and get in the way of enforcing and insisting our own way. We are the obstacle standing in the way of ourselves having a close connection with Jesus. The only way for self to die is if it is truly surrendered to God's way, and it's important to do that daily. Our relationship with God can't be a one-night stand or on again, off again. Our approach with God needs to be continual and constant. You have got to provide the right environment in which Jesus can have his daily encounter with you. I've often said, what's the best way to go to sleep? Is Can I try to go to sleep if I just stand here? Now, my father-in-law could. But could I? Could most of us? No. The best place to find sleep is to horizontally lie in some sheets with a nice blanket and a comfortable pillow. When you put yourself in that environment, you will find sleep. For most people. And I would say the same thing. Put yourself in that environment and you will connect with Jesus. The reading of his word is his love letter to you personally. You need to take the time to dig deep and internalize that word in your heart so it can become a part of who you are and wish to become. And what it is it? To become more and more like Jesus. The amazing thing is that God is always pursuing us to rise to the calling for such a time as this. God has entrusted us with his word. And if we don't fully surrender to his calling, he will seek out and call someone else. However, God never stops trying. And even if you fully reject him, he never stops trying with you. But he does move on in order to accomplish his ultimate objectives for the purpose of bringing an end to this sin problem. By not accepting his advances, we actually personally miss out on his friendship and blessings. It is humbling to wake up each morning and recognize that you have the privilege of coming into the presence of God. Jesus, you woke me up this morning. May each breath you give me be a love song to you through my living today. May each conversation and word I have today be drenched with your love 
so that others might know you. Relationships are meant to grow and flourish just like they do in a family. So why are so many of our churches dying? Don't we have a compelling message and a theology? Well, yes we do. But if we are relying on just the message, it will never reach the world in the way it's supposed to. It can only happen when we experience our own relationship with Jesus on a daily and consistent basis and then to take that friendship with him and connect with others that the message can have fruitful soil to be planted in. Before you, you can present the beast, you must present the lamb. To do so otherwise is doing the gospel a disservice. It is only a living Christ that matters. And no formula or no method will ever fulfill God's mission. Until we surrender to the call of God and what he has proclaimed for our lives, we will never be able to step one foot into Jericho. Desperately crave that relationship with Jesus. Therefore, ask God what his idea of a relationship with him looks like for your life. Your relationship and your friendship will look different than mine. Why? Because you and I are unique. And yet to think that the God of this universe craves our friendship is amazing. Yes, Jesus is the King of kings, and he's the Lord of lords. But he also calls you his friend. He desires and craves alone time with you. We have a choice in whether or not we will surrender our time, our talent, our treasure, and our temple, and our testimony to him. Ironically, we allow certain relationships to exist within our life that we should have nothing to do with. And even when we approach our relationship with God, we have a picture of what we want it to be instead of allowing God to show us what He wants it to be. God is calling you to a full surrender to His will for your life. So, how do you, how do I connect with God on a day-to-day -day basis? God, how do you see God through your eyes? Is He your lover? Is He your redeemer? Is he your comforter? Through your understanding of who God is, to you today will allow you to find verses in the Bible that will speak to your understanding of who God is to you at that particular moment in your experience of life. When things don't go the way we think things should be going in our relationship with God, we tend to doubt and mistrust him. We sometimes feel ashamed and guilty and often lack peace. We sometimes feel ashamed. We sometimes feel like we've let God down. And so when we feel blocked or shut out from God, what should we keep doing? It's so hard to keep believing, isn't it? It's hard not to want to give up and keep hope. It's hard not to get down and to fear and to become discouraged. In fact, these are normal and honest experiences. But we should never allow ourselves to linger there. We should remember that God has called us to much more than negativity. God is far bigger than your and my circumstances. Our mortality someday will put on immortality. So as we are going through each particular trial and difficulty in our life, and I would even put through this coronavirus experience, we must look for ways to have our life 
be a testimony to the goodness of God. When we don't feel his nearness or the overwhelming warmth of his presence and embrace, we need to keep pressing in to Jesus, knowing that when we do, he will keep us from discouragement. I'd like you to turn to your Bibles to Deuteronomy 31, and let's read verses 1 to 8. Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verses 1 to 8. Deuteronomy 31, verses 1 to 8. Then Moses went and spoke these words to all of Israel. And he said to them, I am 120 years old. I read this before, but I want you to read it with me. I can no longer go out and come in. Also the Lord has said to me, you shall not cross over this Jordan. The Lord your God himself crosses over before you. He will destroy these nations from before you, and you shall dispossess them. Joshua himself crosses over before you, just as the Lord has said. And the Lord will do to them as he did to Shion and Og, the kings of the Amorites and their land, when he destroyed them. The Lord will give them over to you, that you may do to them according to every commandment which I have commanded you. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them, for the Lord your God, He is the one who gives you, gives, who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for you must go with these people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, He is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. These verses remind us that no matter what, God will never forsake us. Before you ever encountered your difficulties, Jesus already had made a way of escape and helping you cope through those difficulties. So because he will never disconnect from you in those dark valleys, don't allow doubt and fear and hopelessness and discouragement to set in. Don't allow these to deter you from the truth that he is very near and present and wants to be with you. The only thing you can do is surrender to this idea and reality of his nearness. When God calls, he also equips you for the journey. Just like Jesus dove onto the scene of this earth and he gave his all, including his life, he is asking you to do the same with him. That is what it means to surrender to Jesus. Jesus held nothing back and wants to help you experience full surrender in his serenity. Jericho is an amazing example of how Jesus holds nothing back in order to seek us out and make connection. There is no wall too high that our cries to him will be brought down by merely his presence. When we trust God as our commander-in-chief, he will implement the way he already knows will be the solution. But it is our faith that unlocks his possibilities and brings his realities into our personal life. If we can appreciate how much God is eager to be our friend and also how eager he is to bring hope and healing to our life as well, then we will learn to take the time to allow God to be reborn within our heart of hearts and nothing we face can ever deter that motion of his desire to be our God and our Savior. 
The promises of his word are true and reliable and will ultimately save us, both here and in the life to come. When we come to him each day, he speaks through his word to you. As you allow that word inside your heart, your life will grow. And his love and grace and mercy and forgiveness will grow as well. The sanctuary service shows you the progression that God wants to bring to your life. In the courtyard, you are justified. In the holy place, you are sanctified. And in the most holy place, God glorifies you. The story of Jericho remains just that if we learn, if, if all we, sorry, the story of Jericho remains just that if all we learn is that the walls come crumbling down. But the practical matter is God wants the walls of the fortresses that we place around our own hearts to come a tumbling down. God wants to remove the barriers that we have put up to crumble and fall. He wants to extinguish and fix all of those things that we have left unsurrendered. He wants to remove our doubts and fears and replace them with hope and courage. If we want to step into Jericho, we have to have the walls come crumbling down. Overcoming Jericho is the entrance to the promised land. What is it in my life, what is it in your life, that needs to be surrendered and for God to crumble? God is deeply personal. He wants a relationship with you that's unlike any relationship that you will ever experience in this universe. You can personally discover that God is worth becoming acquainted with. I have one little closing uh, uh, slide, if Chuck has it there. And it kind of, do you have that? And it kind of goes with the sermon and it mixes the COVID discussion that I had earlier. I actually put it on the back of this sheet so that you can take it home with you. There it is. COVID, Christ over viruses and infectious diseases. And then the 1-9 comes from Joshua 1-9. Of course, this is a play. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Take that with you. Take that. Be, be of courage. Take this with you, learn how to protect yourself, and hopefully you will be glad that you were in church today.